0: New episode of DevSecOps Talks with me, Matthias, Andre, and Julian. Today's episode will be about what you should ask when hiring people. So I've been working with uh, operators for Kubernetes for uh, the last time. Why why didn't anybody tell me it was so simple? It's, It's like five lines of code and then some YAMLs. It's so simple to build your own operator. Even simple to build, like, a small service that uh, listens for uh, ingresses or service or pods that, that happen in cluster. Um, yes, you're such
1: a developer. I'm not a developer, but I, no. But this is what I'm saying because it's not done. You need to now do a monitoring and everything, <laughs> tracking that this thing is not failing. It's not done with five lines of code. Uh,
2: That's why yeah. I'm saying you're such a developer.
1: <laughs> it was just five lines of code. Now it's running on my server. Look at yeah.
0: that. Ah, but I get like the it's it's. Uh, I get the JSON from the from the uh, from the YAML and, and It's like. I was amazed that it was so simple. I was, like, what is It's working? I think I tried it some years ago, and then it was freaking hard. But yeah, that's, that's what I've been up to the latest week. Uh, see if I can get more and more done then. Maybe I have to re- make it done then. 10 lines of code. Is that good enough?
2: <laughs> 20, 10 lines? What, what does that uh, operator do? It um,
0: listens for, for ingress. Uh, that are deployed to the cluster. And then it deploys a Telegraph uh, HTTP uh, monitoring on that. Uh, and then uh, it exposes a Prometheus exporter. Uh, so I also check right, the response code uh, so that our ingresses are, are locked, uh, that the ingress is re- re- replying with the, like a response message. Uh, and then it exposes that on the Prometheus with the success or fail. Uh, Meaning I can just deploy Ingresses and they start being monitored. And uh, if somebody is deploying uh, Ingress and it's not protected, uh, Prometheus will alert me. That's the main goal. Maybe maybe it's not done in five lines, but maybe 10 or 20. (laughs) (laughs) Julian, what have you been up to since last time?
2: Um, I've been working on many things, some of them not really lot to talk about but one thing that I, I'm really happy to work on is some visualization on the infrastructure because I, I feel like sometimes you know you you might have a little bit it's okay to go to the console and, and look for it but I, I, I wonder what how would we build something that where we can see everything in the cloud. Like everything and especially What's what got me interested? In that is for um, IAM, so uh, identity access management, to see like who has access to what, kind of. Uh, because you know, I don't know, I don't remember how it is on uh, AWS, but on Google Cloud, if you have like a service account, yeah. you you don't know what this service account has access to unless you check on the res- resource or the project, or like whatever resources uh, yeah. you, you want to check. You, you don't have a list of that. And what, I find that...
0: What kind of tool are you using when you like visualize your
2: infrastructure? So first step is to actually use, I don't know, uh, it's called Cloud Asset Inventory. So okay. it's basically <coughs> uh, something that you can... It basically scans your whole... Uh, all the APIs of, of, of your cloud and you can filter by project or resources type. And what I want is like everything which I save to JSON. Yeah. And from there I display like the resource, which is a tree usually. So, And I find this um, D, D3GS, the library, that oh, is okay, cool. quite good and there's a lot of re- reusable example to build like a tree-like structure. Um, and it's quite interesting. I would say it's it's not uh, very pretty right now, but uh, it's it's part of my one of my side projects, so it's okay.
0: May, can you maybe use something from like Terraform or one of those
2: providers to, to visualize what you have in some way. But the thing is that um, yeah, you, you could do that. Uh, there, there are projects actually that you know scan everything that's in your. Uh, cloud account and give you the Terraform code oh, you know cool. the, a reverse yeah. Terraform um, but I'm not really interested in, in that like yeah, it, it's only on Google Cloud um, I don't want to do like a multi-cloud and everything because the problem exploding in complexity and I find already now it's, it's quite complex to do that yeah and we know that the company
0: you're on doesn't use infrastructure as code because we have been on KubeCon and seen that presentation when they deleted all the uh, account by clicking button.
2: Yeah, exactly. It's actually, it was a, a, a production cluster deleted, got deleted because they were on the wrong. They had the test cluster open and the prod cluster open and the window were really similar. Yeah. So yeah, it's a. But actually now we do, it's called the Config Connector, and you use Kubernetes actually. You can create cloud resource from an object into Kubernetes, which is another operator. Cool. Cool. And so, yeah, that's about it. How about you?
0: Andre? what have you been up to
1: last time? I've
2: been
0: uh,
1: doing quite a number of presentations on our conferences about mutable yeah. infrastructure. And I think I found the angle of uh, telling the story that resonates with people. Yeah. So my current version of the presentation I did it five times now, five different conferences, and wow. every time the feedback is really good. But uh, Elsa, it's a summertime, and yeah. uh, we have a tradition that every summer in my hour small consultancy, boutique consultancy agency, we have a, a summer internship. So we're yeah. doing a lot of interviews at the moment, plus we were hiring for also for more senior position. Yeah. And um, that might be something for us to discuss because that's something that all of us do. We go to interviews, we yeah. conduct interviews, we hire people to do infrastructure. Uh, type of roles, yeah, but we probably also need to define the clearly what the role is. So it'll be different from the role to the role. But how would what what you what would you ask if you are the interview person? Yeah, what would you do? But h- how do you structure your
0: interviews? Are you doing like uh, first they send in uh, like a letter and like a CV, or do you more go more hunting people, or how
1: do you find the people? Uh, that we publish on uh, job advertisement portals and uh, we ask people to submit the CV their personality tests so that we kind of don't put people in the box into the boxes based on the personality test yeah. but we use that as a direction to dig okay and cool. those personality tests are surprisingly surprisingly accurate without mm-hmm. any, any, a lot of science behind them, anyhow. So, like, you know, MBTI model, Meyer Briggs model, that's what we ask people to do, any public site that does it. There cool. is, like, one called 16personalities.com, so usually we send people there. We ask for the some kind of English assessment, any public service that provides English assessment. We ask them to write a short essay, on the topic of what they think about their personality test. <laughs> and that tells you how people think, So yeah. the, the way they speak. So if they can put it in writing, then based on the sophistication of writing, you can actually deduct quite a lot of things. And then we do screening, Yeah. usually 15 to 30 minutes, just to put a face on a person and uh, get the first feeling. If you like the person, if the person likes us, we would send a technical assignment. Okay. Here, hey, I have something to share with you. Yeah. Because we, we sent a very simple technical assignment. It sounds simple. Yeah. It, it's very general. It says you have to go on AWS and use one of its service to host a static HTML. Yeah. You should be able to change that HTML via Terraform. And... It's surpri- you would be surprised how deep you can go with this assignment. <laughs> so some people will go straight away, boot up Easy to instance, install yeah. Apache on Nginx, and serve the file. Yeah, All nice and dandy. But then we'll yeah. go in and say, well, how do you make sure that this server doesn't change IP address? Yeah, And you could see if people have Elastic IP address attached yeah. to instance or not? Yeah. Do they open port 22 to the, all of the internet or not? Some of them mm-hmm. will open port 443 and have no SSL in there, but they just saw it somewhere. Yeah, And uh, you see, uh, some people will yeah. figure out that they can put a lifecycle rule in there and say, well, create before destroy. So before you delete this instance, create a new one, reattach the uh, Elastic IP. So there are quite yeah. a lot of things you can do. And you can also yeah. see if people commit their, their credentials to, to the GitHub and stuff like that. Some people would go and say, well, we do S3, yeah. and we put the file on S3. Yeah. One guy said, I'm going to do API gateway and have a default response that will return the HTML I need. Wow. That was, cool. <laughs> that, that,
0: that,
1: that was clever. And, and, and you could do, you know, you could do live sale instance, you could yeah. do... Cool you know, container on Fargate. You can do yeah. ILB and also have a default response in there. <laughs> so, like, the, the basic assignment is do something. Yeah. yeah. Uh, if, if you want to, you know, high up the game, you can say use three different services. Yeah. Like, do, do it in three different ways yeah. and tell us what way is the best and in what situation you would use what. Ah. <laughs> so, I mean, it... it it, it was quite, quite quite interesting assignment. It's easy. And yeah. then another thing that we usually do, person will demonstrate it and tell, explain it what they wrote, and then you can yeah. see a different uh, misunderstandings and, and so on, and maybe gaps. And what uh, we, we could see, like the people who do EC2, they will always hard-code IMI, all yeah. of them. They will all hard-code IMI ID. And I will tell them, well, how would, how could we make it more dynamic? How we could look up uh, IMI ID? And mm-hmm. they're
2: like,
1: we have no idea. And then we tell them, use Google, figure it out, and do it. Yeah. And like then we see what people do. We also see what operating systems they have, yeah. how they work on the terminal. It gives you so much information. You just spend yeah. 30 minutes with a person, and, and you know everything about him. And what people don't understand is that when they share their screen, they show their browsers, yeah. they would have their, like, favorites. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. tells a lot about you as well, all yeah. those
2: folders. Yeah. Stack <laughs> so,
0: Overflow, Stack it, Overflow, Stack Overflow, Stack Overflow, Stack Overflow all no, the time. No, but it's it <laughs> also,
1: like, they're are, there are different, I would yeah. say. D- different things. So, And... uh just from those, you could deduct quite a lot about the person, how he works, how he searched for information, how they react on error uh, messages from Terraform. Yeah. Do they actually read them? Because some yeah. people just, oh, it's failed, let me change something. Mm-hmm. Instead of actually reading the message, trying to figure out what message is saying, and then fixing what the tool tells you. Yeah. To do. So, well,
0: h- how, how do you like waiting? Because I have this... Um... People tell me, and I like it too, like, uh, hire for attitude, train for skill, right? If the attitude right. is, is correct, like they're into learning, uh, getting uh, new stuff out, trying, trying to understand and make it a good effort. I mean, I think hmm. that's a good starting point, not maybe the technical skill. I mean, the technical we can train, but the
1: attitude for learning, I think, it, it's, it's harder. That's something I can't. Help people. Yeah, like for it. sure. Yeah. We usually trying to get sense of this during the screening interview. So we ask different questions about what do you read? Can you recommend any podcasts? What YouTube channels do you watch? How yeah. do you process information? Where do you store them? Do you have any system for storing information? Yeah. Yeah. Stuff like that. That that generally gives you quite a good understanding where a person is. I mean, those are simple questions. Yeah. You could easily deduct why people ask them but still people yeah. might answer complete bullshit on those. So, and that also gives you a picture of what people have in their head. Another good one, which is a like surprising question, but gives you quite a lot of information about the person. What, how do you deal with the passwords? Like, yeah. we, we all have a lot of passwords. And then sophistication of solutions that people use gives you a really good idea of... Yeah. Uh, how they go about it, and can you trust that person? Like there are some people who have like a notepad that they write yeah. down their password that they come up on their own. Yeah. Actually, like from the current batch of people who we interviewed, one used uh K-Pass. So he had a local storage on the laptop yeah. and things well, that via Dropbox. Yeah. And that was a solid solution. Yeah. Another guy used uh, Chrome storage with uh, MFA. I, I mean, Chrome the browser. Yeah. And I know the. I think the latest version of Chrome. They started to encrypt passwords before that they were stored <laughs> there in plain text. Yeah, yeah, from yeah. Some, you can see them. From some versions, from some versions, they started to encrypt them. Yeah. So that's probably also good enough for the everyday yeah. life. But yeah, so quite a quite a difference in people. Uh, do
0: you ask anything? What they do like? interesting in IT, like sometimes I ask, like, what are you doing in your spare time? How many Raspberry Pis do you have? Like, those sort of things, like for me uh, I'm so into this fiddling with IT stuff, like, and building Mm. my small uh, drones and Raspberry Pis for gardening like, that's a big, interesting to to see what I can do more with IT I don't know if it's relevant really for work, but uh, it's something I have to see if they're really a good, interesting in the in the
1: IT or what you can do with it. I, I actually like the opposite. I'm looking for people that <laughs> do something non-IT outside their working now, so they have <laughs> hobbies. So like they're developed persons, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. that you can talk about something with them except of IT, <laughs> and uh, not trying to offend anyone. Tickling yeah. with a uh, Raspberry yeah. Pi in their free time, It's cool and dandy, but. Oh, yeah. In that particular yeah, I, company, where I'm hiring, I'm trying to <laughs> diversify the backgrounds.
2: I, I guess this is really important regarding to culture. You know what's the culture of the company you want to have, and yeah. you know it doesn't mean that one group of people is better than the other. But if you have like a, you know, too too many different groups, it's hard for people to mingle some somehow. Yeah, you know, it, it, it's nice to have like this kind of a like minded people of course you need a bit of diversity uh, you know in in the way you think to be, but if you scale like think about it if you're like a you're a five people company and suddenly you you move to fifty what's yeah. left of the original you know founding yeah. members of is ten percent of the company, which is ridiculous you know yeah. you, you don't it's not a culture at this point <laughs> and and so I think it's really important to set it. For yeah. f- like from the get the start, w- what kind of culture do you want your company to be? Yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. I, I think that like it's interesting because I would not ask any question whatsoever about the the personal life. I, I really focus on what can you provide at work. And one of my favorite question is, what are you good at? Like, hmm. tell me one thing that you know you're whether you like it or not, you, you can definitely, you know, you will solve it one way or the other. You understand? Yeah. So, something Something I can trust you with.
1: Hmm, yeah, That's a good one. It also gives you a picture of the self-understanding of the person. Like, self-awareness. That, that I value a lot in people. People who understand themselves, they understand their weaknesses, their strengths, you know, and then the... You can ask those people; they will tell you what to expect from them. There are some people they <laughs> don't know, yeah. But I usually go from other angle. I would say, like, well, imagine you have, um, yeah. I lead with the questions. I, I usually start like, "What is a lot of money?" Mm. and <laughs> that tells you a lot about the person, about the level of ambitions and what they want in life. Yeah, and I say, like, well, imagine you have that much. What would you do? That yeah. again tells you about the how a person sees his life or what, the, what the plans are. And as I was like, well, imagine like now you have 10 times of that money. You don't have to work. What are you are going to do? Yeah. Like, <laughs> describe me your perfect day that you can have it as, as you like. What are you going to do? And that also gives you a picture of people and their preferences. And many cases, people are just, you know, caught off guard with that question. They don't expect it. No. Then you start to see how they think. Mm-hmm. You know, they will speak aloud, and uh, that helps you to keep in, get, get insights into the person. And then it all depends what you're looking for.
0: Wow, it's, it's hard being interviewed by you, Andre. Man. <laughs> yeah, imagine,
1: <laughs> but, if someone,
2: imagine if someone says, Well, with that money, I will buy your company and put you, <laughs> you, know, <fire> you. <laughs> oh, I, I, I would so, love to
1: meet that person. <laughs> But, you know, some people just say, like, a very little amount of money. I'm not sure how they can get by on those. Yeah. yeah. And then, like, you ask, what is uh, a lot? And they, they basically double that number. Yeah. Some of them say pretty much 10 times average salary. Yeah. And I say, okay, uh, that guy has ambitions. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs>
0: Another thing I'm thinking about is, like, how how do you value, like, uh, deep learning into one subject, like MySQL expert, you know, everything about mm-hmm. MySQL, right? Really good at that versus, like, wider knowledge, like, you know, some SQL, some Mongo, some uh, mm-hmm. no GS or other things. Like, one, maybe it's for you, Andre, you're only on AVS, but one deep knowledge into one cloud provider or, like, a wider knowledge about money club right? how do you see those relationships uh, compared to each other depends.
1: I think yeah. if you specialize you will always be able to find a job and generally yeah. will be paid more as a specialist than generalist yeah. however like uh, I would also say if you specialize just in one thing yeah. you will have a hard time mm. uh, working with other people's sides so There are always adjusted areas that you need to know yeah. Right, so like if you work with databases, you still need to know monitoring, logging, and all those things. Yeah, you know, that's yeah. a part of running a database. Yeah. and like building systems on AWS, you might be uh, skilled with containers so you can build ECS, but you still have to cover up forking, logging. You need to get understanding of all of yeah. that. You will be very good, one but. Enough to get by in other areas. If you cannot get help within the team, or there is yeah. no option to br- bring someone else external.
0: Yeah, then it is changed a little bit now when the DevOps area come. Before you can be an Ops or really specialist in one area, like the DBA, right? You work with databases, mm-hmm. right? But now when we're moving more to developers and more like you get uh, responsibility for a wide area of tools, like DBA, you maybe have. Logging, model, editing, everything needs to, to fit and work together, and you need to also maybe help developers get started with databases in early time, right? So
1: that's uh, also different between how it was a couple of years ago and how it is now. Yeah, I think if you are a yeah. classical administrator, there are less less places that would employ you. Yeah, working with like with the hardware, at least like in the West. Like I yeah. said, places in Russia are a little bit behind with cloud adoption, so you could still probably live quite comfortably. Yeah. But here, if you're a DBA expert, you probably would go to the cloud provider. That would be the safest bet for your career as a DBA yeah. because other places starts to go all in with managed services. This is yeah. what's happening. There are less, less people who want to run database because... It's not their core business. Yeah, exactly. Core business apps.
0: Cool. Do you do like, um, uh, like, code Git repos? Something they worked on before? Maybe some problem they solved before? Look at any about those sort of history stuff that uh, hmm. uh, the people have been working on to get some understanding hmm. on the, the past. Or
2: I don't I mean, know if anyone. Really <laughs> yeah, so, go ahead. I don't know of anyone who has ever checked. You know the my Git repo before hiring me. <laughs> I, I'm serious about it. It's like yeah. I remember many years ago. I spent so much time, you know, make everything, uh, put put all the code I could think of uh, in there. Yeah. And really, people never never check because they were asking me questions that if they only look at those, they would know. And I, I really I, questioned. I, 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 I mean, I, I it, do, it I could check GitHub, <laughs> yeah, maybe fine maybe you. So maybe you because you know what it is, but it's like, a, as as a friend put it, it's like going to see somebody else's GitHub is the dog equivalent of sniffing another dog. You know, you go, <laughs> you go check to see who, who is that person is because you never met them and so you want to see their code. I, I as,
1: So this sells also a little bit like, you know, that, okay, so coding is one thing, right? So you're going and check what people put publicly. Yeah, that's one thing. You check the code and that kind of professional related, but there is also a grey area of checking social media. Yeah, yeah, to see what the person is like. For example, checking Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Yeah, but, uh, I, I would say that's uh, like very debatable. Should mm-hmm. people be yeah. doing that? Is there is a is is there is a line between professional and the personal?
2: Mm-hmm. But
1: at the same time, I mean. If person is left and right posting racist things on his Twitter account, uh, yeah, that might uh, defer you from hiring, and you will not bring that topic on the interview. You will not ask him about those things, right, on the interview. Yeah. So, I cannot say I do recommend that. I, we are generally not doing it. So, I would say. yeah. Yeah, I think they was... leave the personal life outside and let people share what they what they would will to share during the interview. At the same time, they pub- publish that for everyone to see. So, yeah. what do you? But think about a moral dilemma, like you know, the Clearview, clear view, clear was clear view, the company that scraped all of the social media to build the face recognition yeah. and face attribution, and then sell it to the. In the US, they sell it to the police departments, to Walmart, yeah. to all possible companies. I think that's crossing the line, but I'm not sure yeah. if it is when you're doing the interview, when you're trying to get the best possible understanding of the person who is in front of you, because it is a commitment, it's about building trust.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so on and so on. I mean, do you do some like um, basic IT? How things are working, Shake, right? Sometimes, uh, I mean, it, we all see the web. It's all about the web now. Like, I have people that I get response. Like, I get a 409 from this. It's something is it's wrong with the service. Like, okay. So, some understanding about basic IT knowledge, like web response codes. Like, if you talk with a service, you probably don't talk directly with it, probably some. Web server proxy in front, or like some. We do, we do
1: that with a Terraform example because yeah. you basically, in most cases, creating the server, you need to understand ports, firewalls. Yeah, it's a, a su- surprisingly a lot to this exercise. It sounds very yeah. easy, but there are a lot of angles to look at, and uh, yeah. you can pivot while doing it to dig into certain areas. Another thing that we do is, uh, which people I think underestimate a lot is we ask them to ask questions we leave time in the end and we say like yeah. ask us anything yeah 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 about That's the vacate, about the position sure yeah. ask and they might ask some logistics question but then we tell them like look right now you have 15 minutes with people who are doing what you want to do yeah ask whatever you like like any question, personal, money wise, work-wise, whatever you want. <laughs> that's your chance. This is a direction you probably wanna go, that's why you're here. Now you have access to people who are already doing that. Yeah. What interests you? What yeah. what things you need to clear to, in order to understand that you're moving in the right direction? Ask. And then they see what they ask and how people ask things, what they ask. That gives you a month a lot amount of information about yeah. the person. Yeah. The The skill to ask questions is very, very important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like formulating questions, you know. That tells so much about you.
0: Yeah,
2: sounds good, sounds well, good. I have a question for you then. Uh, mm. What do you think of a whiteboard interview?
1: We, we in some way do it like with this exercise, right? So like for instance, as I told them, you know, you have this IMI, but I don't like whiteboard because you you don't have access to the tools people would usually have. Mm-hmm. We tell them like, you don't know it, Google, and then we see what type of the queries they build, they they they're putting in. We're looking how they processing information. They might go into the right page, but they don't understand what's written there. So, amazingly, just tell them. Use your tools. Work as you usually do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ignore us. We're not here. We're just like watching, like, you know, over your yeah. shoulder a little bit. But uh, we're not trying not to interfere. Use whatever you want. You want to use a translator? Use translator. You want to use Google? Sure, do that. So, and also you see how people type, how people use command line. Would they type the whole path, or would they use tabs? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> that basically tells you a lot. <laughs> I love that. I love that. So you know, maybe in... maybe I should yeah. uh, should open the technical recruiting company. Yeah, maybe I should. Years. Yeah. I ah, I me so. and Julian. He's
0: showing uh, yeah. He's in the business. <laughs> Start recruiting people. Cool. Uh-huh. We're coming up to half an hour, I think we should uh, wrap this episode up. I'm Any sure. last comments? To ideas? How? you what a question you should ask when recruiting people? Julian, mm. do you want to go first? I see that you... No,
2: but- I just... Uh, there is this quote. I don't remember who this is from. But it's like uh, you, you don't hire smart people to tell them what to do. You hire smart yeah. people so they can tell you what to do. And I think a lot a lot of companies, they just want some you know manual worker that don't think too much. It's like, hey, here, your, here's your task. And then they don't really tell them what to do. So they want them yeah. to be autonomous. And yeah. there is this joke, you know, it's like a meme of the, you know, the translation of a job ad, a job ad into what it really means. I, I, yeah. I, I cannot find it, but it's, <laughs> it's extrusioning. It's so painful to see that. And, yeah, basically, it's really you hire people, not yeah. not workers. And that's the big, big difference. Yeah.
1: Andre, yeah. I in in last... advice. So if yeah. you're coming to interview and someone's about to interview you then ask them as many questions as you can because it shows you are interested and if you're asking good questions that will highlight you comparing to other people and what you should be asking is what is the work that i'm going to be doing and how this work contributes to the bottom line of the company and the mm. person who is interviewing you cannot answer that question you're in the wrong place yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I tell you. Sure, sure. Or, or you should ask to be interviewed by a person who is capable of answering that question yeah. because that gives you a lot of understanding how messy their culture their politics is if, the, if they have no idea what you're going to be doing and how yeah. that helps company is it what you want to do? yeah true I think with that we're going to end this podcast
0: thank you for listening and stay tuned for more shows Okay,
2: bye-bye. Bye. Bye.
1: You have been listening to the DevSecOps podcast with Matthias, Andre, and Julian. For more podcast and notes, go to the webpage devsecops.fm. Thanks for tuning in.